DiscerningHearts.com presents Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essef. Ordained a priest from the Diocese of Scranton, Pennsylvania, Monsignor Essef has served as a retreat director and confessor to Blessed Mother Teresa. He continues to offer direction and retreats internationally for the Sisters of the Missionaries of Charity. Monsignor Esif encountered St. Padre Pio, who would become a spiritual father to him. He has lived around the globe, including Lebanon, serving the pontifical missions there. It is a Catholic organization established by Blessed John Paul II to bring the good news to the world, especially to the poor. Monsignor Esif assisted the founders of the Institute for Priestly Formation and continues to serve as the spiritual director for the Institute. He also actively serves as a retreat leader and director to bishops, priests, sisters, seminarians, and other religious leaders. Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections with Monsignor John Essif. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We join Monsignor Essif reflecting on the gift of our baptism. That each of us was baptized that we died to our old self, and we came alive in Christ, and that he in us suffers and dies and rises. And so this, this paschal mystery is constantly taking place in each and every person who's baptized. One day, I was with Mother Tracy. I was in Calcutta, and we were there as we were going over, just I had arrived in she and I were sitting there, and uh, the mother house is, is, has complete, the, the poor, the poorest of the poor have access to the mother house. They, they come all mm-hmm. the time. And uh, one of the sisters said that there was a, a Muslim woman with a baby looking for mother. And so uh, she came and she was in tears. Poor, poor woman who had a baby. And when she took the blanket, whatever she had covering the baby, I, I was looking at a monster. The The baby actually had two heads and uh, mm. the and it was, it was, it was a baby girl and uh, the, the woman was weeping and she's saying if I, if I my, my husband hasn't seen this baby but because of whatever superstition or whatever their their way they look at a woman. If I give this baby to my husband, he's gonna, he's just gonna dismiss me, and I can't take this baby, and and I wonder if you'll take it. So she, mother said, yes, gladly, we'll we'll take. Could you take and raise this baby? I don't know how long it would would live, but it's a, it was a, and I I had never seen anything like it. it actually had two heads and it looked like one was a real head and the other was some kind of growth and she left the baby with mother and we were there and I was praying and mother was holding the baby and she was praying and then she turned to me and she said I don't think this baby's going to live very long she said we're going to put it with the with the children in in our orphanage here but would you give this baby a ticket to St. Peter 
so it can go through. And I didn't know what she was talking about. Mm-hmm. See, she never proselytized. She wouldn't take, if, if she was going to serve the Muslims, she wouldn't use that in order to to spread Catholicism. She She just wanted to do it because this was what she really believed, that Christ was in this Muslim child. And I saw that over and over again. If this was a Hindu in the house for the dying, she never used that to bring them into the church. She just simply loved them as they were. Mm-hmm. And and the access that all people had, Hindus, Muslims, animists, whatever, she just loved people because they were the poorest of the poor. And that's who Jesus asked her to serve. But this baby in particular, she asked that. And I, in my, in my uh, instant, like in my heart, I, thought, I said in my heart, I really believe mother wants me to baptize this child, but she doesn't, she doesn't want to ask me to do it. She wants me mm-hmm. to do it. Well, I had no problem at all. You know, I, uh-huh. oh yeah, this, this baby is really deserving of baptism and I'm uh-huh. here now and I will do that. I asked for some water and I held the baby and as I was thinking and praying about to baptize the baby and what this would mean for this child, I said to mother, what name do you think I ought to give this child? And my mother had died in January, and I was with mother in February. And she knew my mother had recently died. And I think she also knew that when this baby died, it would really be wonderful if my mother, after Mary, would receive this child in heaven. So she said, call the baby Cecilia, which was my mother's name. Hmm. And I baptized Cecilia, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And as the water poured over, and I didn't, you know, you pour the water over the head of the child, I poured the water over both heads. But it was one child, Cecilia. Actually, then I I handed the baby back to mother, and um, and we continued after mother had given it to one of the sisters and found out that the baby uh, didn't even get back to the nursery. It died on the way. Mm. I always remember that scene of, you know, who... Who is Jesus? My mother, who is the sweetest, really, face that I could think of, whom I saw uh, on my birth and grew up looking at, beautiful mother. I have her picture here with me as a baby. Uh, This baby is so beautiful, Cecilia, to God. to see Christ in the poorest of the poor. The invitation uh, I, I would encourage, which Mother had, is to see Jesus in your life, 
in the poorest of the poor. And if we could begin and recognize the, the reality that I have nothing makes me the poorest of the poor. So many of us don't come to recognize the nothingness that we have until many times we lose everything. And many times we don't have to lose everything, but we really, under the grace of God, come to be aware that of myself I have nothing that I have not received. And then there's this deep awareness that I am the poorest of the poor. As I prayed with that today, to see the truth of that statement, that I will never go any place in this life, whether I see a deformed person, a repulsive, depraved person, I will never go any place or look and see anyone in truth who is poorer than I am. Once I am aware that I am the poorest of the poor, Mother Teresa had the grace to receive a call to serve Christ in the poorest of the poor, to recognize that it is Jesus in the poorest of the poor. Once I know that it's me and that I have received everything I have, as Jesus says in Matthew 11, in verses 25 to 28, he says, everything I have comes from the Father. Now Jesus recognized that in his eternal divine person, what he had as the Son of God, he had received the unbegotten Son of God, had received everything from the Father. Now I, as an adopted Son of God, have received everything like Jesus from the Father that I have. And so the blessings and the gifts and the abundant love that I have, all of it, recognizing it for its beauty, my ability to preach, my ability to heal, my ability to drive out demons, my ability to transform the lives of people are all from him. And in me, of myself, I am nothing. All the glory and the praise and the honor go to God. And so true humility is in the heart of the one who recognizes that he or she is the poorest of the poor. Mother Teresa could carry on her life of serving Christ in the poorest of the poor because she first found him in herself. And when I read her and her study her, her autobiography and discover the depth of awareness that she had 
of that truth that made her the saint that she is. One of the greatest gifts that she has given me is the example that she could serve the poorest of the poor because she herself was aware of how poor she was. And she could serve that poorest of the poor all over the world, no matter what the color of the skin, no matter what the religion, no matter what the riches or poverty was. I I was instantly, as I was praying over this, that I wanted to talk to you about at that same time uh, that she handed me Cecilia to baptize. Princess Diane had come to Calcutta and had presented mother with a, with a, a necklace and a medal, a magnificent and beautiful medal that was really mm-hmm. meant to be worn by a queen. I, I don't know the value of it. But immediately when Mother Teresa received this from Diane, she and Princess Diane went to the chapel where there was an image of Our Lady, Mother of Grace, that's in their chapel. And she placed this on the uh, on Mary and the statue of Mary. She said, she is the only one who is fitting to wear this. And uh, she didn't sell it, she just gave it to Mary because Mary had that same beauty. There's no one who knew that truth about humility and being nothing and being poor than the Blessed Mother. And so whether it was Princess Diane or Cecilia, Mother Teresa could see the queens of the world and the princesses of the world as well as the poorest little uh, monster of a, of a baby. She could see Christ there. She saw Jesus and Princess Diane. And I think it's interesting that they both died almost at the same time. Uh-huh. So that now God, you know, sees the two of them. And, you know, when you think of their lives and, and how short the life is, Mother Teresa and Princess Diane and Cecilia, who only lived maybe a day, Princess Diane, Mother Teresa. And there only there is only one Godhead. There is only one truth and Trinity. And that, that same magnificent Godhead is in you, in me. That's really what baptism amounts to. I, uh, I, I, I think, I'm sure Princess Diana was, was a baptized Anglican probably. But the, mm-hmm. if, you're, if you hear the truth and grasp the truth of your baptism, if you really know what that means, that, that power to have you enter into paradise, that gift of God, that is the Trinitarian life that comes to you through water and the Holy Spirit, that nurturance then that you can have of having that life grow in your heart. There is no other great life. Uh, 
Cecilia, the little baby, received it as a gift of God and lived for an hour or two. Princess Diane lived it for whatever it was. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't make any judgment there at all. And Mother Teresa, in her 87 years of life, lived it for what it was. But each of us, each one, has the, the, the potential of creating a masterpiece, Jesus. And in us, as we recognize that of ourselves we are nothing, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we give ourselves, uh, can be transformed on a daily basis into Christ in this world. And that potential is given to us, that power is given to us. And, and in, in you is the gift of faith. In you is the gift of hope. In you is the gift of love. It's all in seed form. In Cecilia, those little seeds will last for eternity. So then will they in Diane and in Mother Teresa. But they are not there only for our, for, uh, our wonder, but they are there for uh, our, our awareness. And I hope that uh, someone will come each day of our lives. I pray that and remind me that I am fabulous. I am beautiful. I am powerful as a baptized Christian. I am a child of God. I am a princess. I am a queen. I am a king united with the family of God. I am a member of the kingdom of God. I am a baptized person. And if you are baptized, you have this enormous power. If you have children, uh, recently so many Catholics or Christians have come to me and say, my children aren't baptizing my grandchildren, and I don't know what to do. If you're a parent of a child that hasn't received baptism, open your heart. I want you to, you, if you're a baptized Christian, if you're a baptized Protestant, if you're a baptized Orthodox and you haven't given your children the opportunity and, and the instruction and baptism, how important it is, if you hear this, to look again at what it is that you're denying your children, to what it is that, that they do not have that you have received. And could it be that you, because of the gift of God, baptism, could go to heaven, and you've neglected to give this same opportunity to your child, whom you love, to, to examine it and to look into it. What the ignorance in today, which is so dark, the darkness around the, the power of baptism, and what it means, and how significant it is for the redemption and the salvation of the world. We have failed. I, yes, and maybe you as a parent have failed to come to know and to understand. And maybe your parents didn't teach you the power and grace that you received in your baptism. 
but how important it is for you, for yourselves now, to investigate, to learn. You, there's all kinds of things you can pick up on on internet, or you can visit uh, or read about the power of baptism, what it really means to be transformed into Jesus Christ through the power of water and the Holy Spirit. The gift that we have received from Jesus Christ and from the church in the sacrament of baptism. The darkness that surrounds this sacrament is so deep that there are people who could be hearing me and, and listening and I would love to penetrate your darkness and your minds with a light or an, uh, just a, an invitation to pray about and to think about and to investigate this sacrament of baptism. Like, there is, uh, if you knew that there was, or you heard about that there was, uh, uh, some, recently someone won uh, something like $600 million, and, and that all you had to do was have a ticket to claim it. And if you knew you had the ticket in your pocket and no one ever told you that that's what its power was, it's insignificant in comparison to you have an opportunity to baptize your children. It's a ticket. It's a power. It's a potential. If you follow through and claim what is going to be there for your children if you only begin to investigate the power and potential of that ticket, of that sacrament, which you have in your power to pass on to your child. What about the ache of those grandmothers? It brought me to, to realize that many of you who are grandparents and have children who do not have your grand, the grandchildren baptized. Uh, what do you do about that? First of all, I met uh, a woman who was a missionary of charity. She had become uh, a missionary of charity by the most magnificent series of events. Uh, she was a, a, a communist. She was raised by a communist communist parents. She was walking down the streets of Moscow, and one day she bought a New Testament. There was, they were selling these books, and she said it cost her one-fifth of her salary for a week to buy this uh, book, but she bought it. And she had always thought her grandmother was crazy. I mean, her, she really, her friends used to say, we don't want to tell her there's no God, but our grandmother believes in God. When she started to read the New Testament, she said, oh, my goodness, my grandmother has the truth. And so she began to want to investigate it. And there were only two churches in, in Moscow. One was an Orthodox and one was a Franciscan church. And she went to the Franciscan church and the, the uh, priest that was there told her, you're really in great uh, luck today um, because Mother Teresa is coming to our church today. Why don't you come to see her? And so here she goes to this Franciscan church, 
for the first time, asks for instructions and meets Mother Teresa. And as Mother Teresa meets her and she begins to uh, investigate the church of the truth, uh, it, it turned out that as she began to really uh, follow and pursue this vocation that she had, her grandmother, who was an Orthodox Christian, revealed to her that when she was a baby, the grandmother secretly baptized her and her brother. So that these grandmothers, you know, I, I so when I heard the, these grandmothers, the darkness that was in Russia under the communists is equal to the darkness, and I think it's even deeper, the darkness that's in America now. The lack of awareness that children, your grandchildren, have of God because of the secular world in which they live is deeper than the darkness that was in Russia under the communists. Secularism is such a blight and a heavy darkness that it blocks out God and the sun of his light in our world today. And that, that darkness in which they grow up, the secular atheistic society, that antagonism that doesn't, it's, and it's, it's getting deeper and deeper. And your children are getting further and further away and your grandchildren. And the light in this darkness is the Holy Spirit through water and baptism to penetrate again this 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 uh, grandmother of this missionary of charity baptized her secretly that same kind of secrecy is beginning to grow in the united states because parents are are, are not under the threat of going to to prison but in, in the threat of my children my, my, won't even let me be exposed to my grandchildren if I tell them about God and if I teach them about Jesus and if I teach them about the sacraments. So have they blocked out in this, in this secular society Jesus and salvation for those children and how they grow up poor and neglected especially on the sacrament of baptism. What should the grandparent do? If baptizing the child is something that you could not recommend to them. To me, I really think there has to be an intensity of prayer. One of the great things that Our Lady gave us at Fatima was the, the power of the rosary. I have heard how the rosary is like a lasso. You know, and we need grandmothers to lasso one after another after another of their grandchildren to get them into the kingdom of God. The intensity with which you pray, and especially the rosary, I would, I would recommend that. I would recommend strongly Eucharistic adoration. Hear the penetration of the Son of God in the Eucharist into the, the adorer's heart and through you to your 
not only your grandchildren who have not been baptized, but to your children who may be so far from God. Our Blessed Mother said at Fatima, if one person in a family would remain true to their faith, they could save the whole family. One person who had the genuine awareness of who she is. Do you know your nothingness? You will then know the power of God. Nothing is impossible with God. And he can do it all. Never be, dis- never be discouraged. Never be this uh, despairing of the salvation of your family. If Jesus Christ was sent down to earth to save your family, God sent him down because he loves your family more than you do. And if Jesus Christ died on the cross and rose from the dead to save your family, never despair that if you, with an intensity of love to that person that you are praying for, there'll be salvation for everyone. Any final thoughts on this day, Monsignor? When you were baptized, you were baptized into the Trinity. Baptism is an awareness, listen to this, that you are a child of God. You are Jesus in the world. You are. And God is your Father. And the Holy Spirit is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, transforming you into Jesus. And one of the most powerful intercessors that you have is Mary. May the blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. May the goodness of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Abba. Abba, Father, you are the potter, we are the clay, the work of your hand. Mold us, mold us and fashion us into the image of Jesus, your Son, of Jesus, your Son. Abba. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Monsignor. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essif. To hear and or to download this reflection along with many others, go to discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of discerninghearts.com. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. Join us next time for Building a Kingdom of Love, Reflections, with Monsignor John Essif.